Pigweed here. Today we review uh, an IPA and discuss euthanasia. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. So, what's on your mind? Well, I've been thinking about retirement and right. um, and making sure that you know, Mrs. Crowhill has enough money. And, you know, I've, I've got a decent amount of life insurance. And I was, I was kind of reading the policy to figure out, like, how could I, how could I kill myself in such a way that uh, she would still get the money and it wouldn't void the insurance yeah, policy? I, I, guess, yeah. I guess that's standard wording, right, in yeah. any life insurance policy. I think so. You I, can't just You can't yourself. just off yourself because, that, that, you know, a lot of people would do that. You just <laughs> yeah. say, oh, look, I'm going to get however much money if I, if I kill myself. So I was thinking... You know, maybe like go out kayaking in the bay on a really rough day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna argue against that. Okay. You, know, <laughs> you drink yourself to death. I could, I could, or I could get a doctor to help me help me kill myself, right? Which is which is what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about this first. Yeah, let's talk about the beer first. It's a little more pleasant. Yeah, so, yeah this is going to be a downer. So I bought a, a, a twelve pack of. Beers from Highwire Brewing. It was one of these things where you get four different beers, three each. And I think in an earlier episode we reviewed their the big brother of this one, their the du- double double IPA. Nine percent. That was really good. It was very good. This is low pitch hazy IPA. Okay. Generally speaking, I'm not a huge fan of the hazy IPA craze. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so let's see. But what is it? What what is a Easy drinking difference between an IPA and a pale ale. Yeah. A, a weak IPA is a pale ale. I know. It gets confusing. So where do we... Like Dale's pale ale tastes more like an IPA than a lot of IPAs do. So it, it's, it does get... It does look get a little confusing. I don't yeah, know how so you know that. I don't know what all uh, these low-cal, low-alcohol IPAs are. They probably just call it an IPA because everybody loves IPAs. So, <laughs> so this one's 5.5%, which is... Which uh, is, you know, regular drinking beer. Yeah. Easy drinking hazy IPA. Says it packs a bright citrus hop punch. So let's see what let's we got. about that. Bright and citrusy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of citrus going on there. Doesn't and tell. it does have that. One of the things that a lot of the hazy IPAs have is a, a slight juicy kind of a flavor. And sometimes it's so bad you feel like you're drinking orange juice or something. Yeah. Um, it's got a hint of that. It's got a hint of that, but it's not bad. It's not. It's not one of those ones that uh, you think you should have for breakfast. Yeah, and there is something else. Yeah, and and with that going on, makes me say that this is not just a pale ale. Right. right? I guess that's where you Maybe get so. the, yeah. the extra, the the extra hoppiness, extra hop, hop oils and hop flavors. Right. Uh, make it a low. Yeah, this IPM. one's low malt, high hop, white color. Hazy, it's got that citrusy yeah, flavor to it. Just a just a tiny bit of that juiciness, and uh, says the perfect pairing for sandy shores, mountaintops, or backyard hangs. Hmm. I'm not going to hang anybody in the backyard, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I won't try that one. But the sandy shores and the mountaintops. That's uh, that sounds good. I like it. Yes. Speaking of hanging, yeah. um, <laughs> okay. Where where would that rank on your methods of killing yourself? Of killing myself, I I don't think I would do hanging. I think I would shoot myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
by the way, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. <laughs> uh, but I guess if, if you were in a prison cell, uh, you know, that you're only, yeah. that's, that's your only option. You don't yeah. have but a lot if of you've options, got all the options, yeah. like jumping off of a, I saw a horrible story. A woman jumped off of a balcony at a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Other people there with a child. That's, that's sick. And the, the, the ex-husband or, or whatever is like, she's been really off lately, but I didn't think she was that off. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem is you never know how deep somebody's problem is. Yeah. I meet people from time to time where I think, there's something wrong with this person. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know if it's just they're a little weird or right. if they're ready to kill somebody or kill yeah, themselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's, that's the problem with the, we've discussed these red flag laws. Yeah, the, the yeah, false like, positives. Was, the signs were there. Of course they were. Of course. Everybody is. The signs are there for everybody. <laughs> I mean, pretty much. You know, like, yes, there's, you, there, there's a, you, everybody can vote the most likely person in their workplace to come in on a rampage. Right. Well, so what? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The signs are here. I I just recorded a podcast where I said I was going to kill myself for life. And so the signs were there, you know, right. So didn't realize he was so troubled. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Never know. All right. So, 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 uh, so let's first, let's get some terminology here. Okay. Suicide and what's euthanasia? Yeah. I, I think suicide is when you off yourself and euthanasia is when a doctor's involved. Okay. So, even if he's even if even if he doesn't do anything, but he's at least been consulted to the point where you know you know you have six months to live. Or yeah. Whatever. He, so the the polite way to say it, I think, is medical assistance in dying. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think Doctor Kavorkian had that fancy machine that he made, right? Yes, he did, and I, I, that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Doctor Kavorkian, he actually did serve some jail time. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you don't hear about it much anymore, because, I guess because there are currently nine or 11 states or something that have it, and maybe at the time there were no states had it, mm-hmm. so it's kind of breaking ground in that, right. in that area, but, uh, it is kind of a weird thing to lead the charge for, you know, I guess somebody has to do it, but, uh, in order to get it passed, but, uh. Right, so he made a machine that administered drugs, but you, the patient, flipped the switch. Yeah. So, so in such a way that you, I mean, I don't know, if you gave somebody a gun, would that be, hey, I didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> well, that wouldn't be medical assistance, that would right. be redneck assistance. <laughs> right. But it still would be, well, you know, what, passive, passive euthanasia in that... No, no, passive euthanasia is when you, action is withheld, you know, not giving them drugs or food or water or whatever it is. Right. Active euthanasia is taking action for the person, for the purpose of causing or hastening death. And then there's voluntary and non-voluntary. In the states that do have physician-assisted suicide, they're all pretty much the same in that uh, there are six months or fewer to live. To live. The doctors have to estimate the six months or There fewer. are other things. Uh, two uh, oral requests with a physician, yeah. and, they've, and they vary 48 hours apart, 15 days apart, 20 days apart. I think 48 is not really enough, uh, but yeah, so... Yes, a month later. Yes, I still want to do this. We've had a full month to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
but there are 33 states have laws pro- prohibiting assisted suicide, mm-hmm. and all of these, all of these states, like right now, people are like uh, with, the, with the abortion situation, like well, you know, just go to another state if you want an abortion. But in every case, residency is required, hmm. which. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between those two things. I don't know. Maybe they get in trouble. Like if maybe Mar- like let's say Maryland allowed it and Virginia didn't, and somebody from Virginia went to Maryland and had a, maybe Virginia would like file suit against them or something. Yeah, you know, if they killed one of their citizens. Right, right, because it would be considered. It'd be considered a crime by the yeah. Right. So it says uh, the federal government does not have assisted suicide laws. Those laws are generally handled at the state level. Right. Well, I'd like to hear that just all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? That's the way it should be. Just, just, just left and right. Well, what's the federal well, What's the federal government say? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it <laughs> shouldn't have anything to <laughs> say about what's that. Your, what's your state say? Yeah. You don't like it? Move to another state. Right, yeah. I guess the, the hard thing about suicide is we, we have sort of a natural revulsion to suicide. Yes. Right? You never feel good when you hear that somebody committed suicide. It's a it's a shameful thing. People have very negative attitudes towards it. But on the other hand, it's kinda hard and in some ways it's kinda hard to come up for a reason why it's wrong. You know, if somebody if somebody says uh their their life is miserable, they hate their life, everything, you know, they they don't want to wake up in the morning, everything's terrible, why shouldn't they be able to kill themselves? And it's kind of hard to come up with Really solid, good reasons for that. I'm not, I'm not promoting it or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying yeah, I hear that you. it's hard. It's hard to come up with straightforward. It's easy to come up with straightforward reasons why you shouldn't kill somebody else. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but why you shouldn't kill yourself? It's not as clear. What's the What's the Bible have to say about it? Yeah, not so much. Okay. I mean, nothing directly. It does say things like, you know, you're not your own. That like your life belongs to God. Mm-hmm. So, so in that respect, in that sense. You have no right to take your own life because it's really not your life to take. Okay, all right. So you could you could make that sort of a case from all the right. Bible, but there aren't really any straightforward verses in the Bible that all I can right. think of that say don't kill yourself. Well, I came across a Catholic website that was a that was pro life in all manner of pro life. Right? Mm-hmm. When you hear pro life, you just go straight to abortion. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're like, no, 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 you know, life is precious, gift from God, and. Uh, you know, pro uh, anti-abortion, anti-death penalty, and anti-euthanasia, right. which really is about the only s- consistent position to hold. When you start picking and choosing, you, the the logic of picking and choosing between different types of euthanasia, abortions here, abortions there, maybe the death, right? All of what you, you do. It, it's, abortions, you, it's, it's easier to defend. Yeah. In some ways, it's easier to defend a strictly. But right down the middle. All life. Yeah. Right? The other one is like, eh, kind of a wishy-washy. Although I, although I, although I do say that that there's a all the difference in the world between killing a guilty person and killing an innocent person. So yeah. I mean, you can you can make those kinds of distinctions. But the the thing, another thing that's interesting about the church is that for the longest time, suicides were not allowed to get Christian burial. All right. Because they they died in mortal sin, right? Because mm-hmm. they committed murder, killing themselves. And if you die in mortal sin, then you don't get buried in the church. Okay. Um, is this still a thing? I don't think so. Because huh. I think people are starting to realize that often this is, a, you know, it's a sign of mental illness. Mm-hmm. The person, it's real. the person wasn't themselves when they did it. 
you know? Right. They, Some sort of profound depression. Yeah. I remember when uh, Robin Williams killed himself that the, the, the response by someone was that suicide is a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem mm -hmm. and that... You know, if you or, you know, or you know, somebody whose wife left them or, yeah. you know, or whatever, like, you know what? You will get through this. You will get over this. Yeah, this think of all the kids. Think of all the kids who've been driven to suicide by, you know, oh. social media. And all yeah, kinds yeah, of other yeah. Awful Some things. bullying at age 13. It's like, right. you know what? When you graduate high school, you'll never see these people. It'll never mean anything. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it's tough. But when you're in the throes of it. Yeah. Which is it's why different. kids shouldn't have social media at all, by the way. Just, yeah, kids you know should what? not be on social media. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Just at all. Just. No, I, all. I'm not sure anybody should be on social media, but <laughs> yeah, kids yeah. should certainly not be on yeah, social yeah. media. Well, what about the uh, the event at Masada? Yeah. So, I mean, was that way into the the Christian or Jewish position, which was which which was what? So this is the end of the uh, the, the the Roman response to the Jewish revolt, right? Yeah, so this was after the, the revolt around, and and Masada was a fortress off outside of Jerusalem, and I it's think... It's pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, right? Yes. So it's like a plateau, yeah. super defendable, yeah. and... Uh, and they got reduced, the Romans reduced them down to pretty bad conditions, but we should have asked our uh, our buddy... So what happens at the end? Well, they all kill themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right, so when they're finally like, all right, the Romans are coming through the gate, there's right. nothing stopping... And so, uh, let's say, did they uh, kill their own kids and then kill themselves? Or Some, I'm, I'm, like I'm, not, that, right? I'm not sure of all That's the details. It, it is, but it's, it's a but sad story. But you know, story. Romans weren't going to be nicer to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. You know, if you have a, if you have a 12 year old daughter and you're thinking, what's going to happen to her? You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough decision. Yeah. You know, Gosh. you know, you can't defend her. In Cormac McCarthy's The Road, it's this post apocalyptic vision where yeah. you know there's very few people left most of the people are uh, you know they formed into these roving gangs and mm -hmm. bands and it's just a man and his son and god's it was heartbreaking scene towards towards the towards the end and he's thinking do i love myself enough to kill him if, you know if we were in a position to be taken by these people who would they, they would definitely you know just rape the kid and then kill him and right. eat him Right. Too, because there's, there's very little food left. Yeah, the idea that that would be the compassionate thing, and could you? I mean, just that the idea of a father having to think these thoughts. The oh, way I know. It's written is it's just awful. It's so horrible to read. Yeah, into. it is awful. So this gets back to that thing we've discussed a couple of times that hard cases make bad law. You know, you yeah. can't you can't set your expectations about suicide based on these crazy science fiction. Uh, situations, yes, you know? which is what they always, which is the that what they do with anti death penalty. Penalty, it's like, oh, what if? Yeah, this guy was going to be you know, <laughs> right. exceptional human being. I mean, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Or, or you know, or and mostly, it's, mostly it's abortion, right? They take the the one percent and they go right. So I was wondering, thinking about the you, you asked me what does the Bible say, and I, I think the main thing that the Bible would say about the death penalty, I'm sorry, about suicide, is that you're not your own, uh, so it's not your life to take because you, your life belongs to God. But I, and I wonder if there's a secular analog to that. I wonder if you could make the case that you don't own your life, that your life sort of, there's in a, a sense in which you're kind of part of a community, everybody, 
So that you are injuring other people. Yes. The, it's the, not the, just you. It's not just you. And and I think Which, that's... Which, I mean, clearly you are. Hopefully somebody will be sad. Yeah, nobody <laughs> feels... You know, when you find out... If somebody in your family dies, people ask, what, how do they die? And you say, you know, cancer or whatever it is. And it's never a happy thing. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to say they committed suicide. Yeah. You know? So there's a there's a shame to it. There's a there's a intense sadness surrounding mm-hmm. that. And we people who want to say, people, I, I did some web searches to find out, you know, about the ethics of suicide. And the thing that surprised me was almost all the results were pro-suicide, which made me wonder, you know, nowadays, whenever I do a search, I'm wondering, <laughs> I I'm, know. I'm wondering if they're twisting the results hear, on yeah, me. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. Because there are ways, right, first there's there's the agenda of the search company. Yeah. And then there are, are you know, ways of pushing your site yeah. to the, you know, to the top of the... Yeah. So. so it's one or the other. Somebody's trying, to, somebody's trying to manipulate you. I guess the question is, how, how are you harming others by committing suicide? I was thinking about that. In, in one way, you're proclaiming to the world that life is not worth living. Yes. You're, you're saying that there's no hope. And you're saying that you're also saying there's nothing, there's nothing good I can do for anybody else. And there's nothing good anyone else can do for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of, you know, let's say you have a person who is totally helpless. They can't do anything for anybody. And all they are is a drain. You know, we like to think of things in, in these sort of economic terms. All, the, all yeah. they are is a drain. But well, they're also an opportunity for somebody to show charity and love. Yeah. Which is a good yeah. thing. You know, I remember one time this, this woman called, who's it? Dr. Laura had that talk show, yeah. radio talk show. And this woman called in and said that she was spending all of her time caring for her elderly mother and she didn't want to waste her life doing that. And Dr. Laura stopped and said, how's that wasting your life? Uh, okay. You know, you're doing a good thing. What, what, what should you be doing? <laughs> You're yeah. not wasting your life by caring for somebody. Yeah. So I, I think by somebody who says, I'm just a burden, you know, I'm not helping anybody. I should just kill myself. Well, the other person, yes, you are a burden, but that's not necessarily an entirely mm-hmm. bad thing. The mm-hmm. other person has the opportunity to grow in love, to be charitable, to help you out, to sacrifice on your behalf. That's not a bad thing. Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. What was the uh, the law of life by uh, who would call the wild? Jack London. Yeah, by uh, Jack London. Oh, oh gosh, that yeah, <laughs> right? that was so rough. So yeah, right, but there are there are situations in yeah. cultures where once you're so old, you're not really doing anything for the tribe, and the and you're living is, yeah. and you're you're living close to the edge yeah. as it is, you know. So I mean, obviously the circumstances are are, are much different in a modern mm-hmm. society. Yeah, 
but uh, that they just put you on a nice float, or uh, they just leave you. Here's okay. Here's the wood. This wood will last. The fire, you yeah, a the fire hours. is on, yeah. and uh, yeah. he was blind. We're gone. And, right? See ya. Yeah. And they let, and he and he he could hear the wolves sort of gathering around. Right. Oh my goodness, that was it was terrible, that was brutal. Yeah. But you know there are situations where you know. There are cultures not, they, that you're not. If you're not useful, the Viking cultures, right? Didn't they have a? They they had a similar thing. That, uh, well, the Japanese, you know, the honor killing yourself when you oh, have that's dishonored well, let's yourself. Let's do. Let's do that. Yeah. So yes, in, in this case, this is suicide as an honorable act. Yeah. Right. You have disgraced, you know, family or country or whatever. Right. And uh, you know, really. Here, here's the knife. And, uh, <laughs> it shows. It shows that there's no forgiveness. Yeah, you know that you've done something so bad you can't be forgiven. The only thing left for you to do is die. You're and, right, and if and actually by doing that sort of saves the family because if if you just run off to another country, yeah, <laughs> you know now your family lives with the shame. You sort of take the shame away from the family, right? Yeah. Otherwise, the, the you know by not killing yourself. You leave the family with your shame somehow, right? Culturally, I don't understand all that, all that <laughs> right. kind of stuff, but it is—it is all based around an honor society. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you, you know, it's funny in in England, you see and they don't kill themselves, but you see people resigning from their offices when they're caught in a scandal or something like that. You see that a lot, not as much, you know, like Boris Johnson took a little while for him to get out of there, but yeah. but you see people. Being caught in a situation where there's a there's a scandal or there's some problem, and they resign because that that's just the honorable thing to do. Yeah, where we don't see that as much in the United States. Yeah. It's more well, if you do see it, it's on the right. On the left, they sort of they, they circle the wagons and right. Uh, yeah, hope it, hope it blows over. Uh, but I think there are so many indications. Sometimes sometimes you can't articulate why something is true or why something is wrong. But there are a lot of things that sort of point in that direction. Like, for example, you know, we mentioned nobody wants to admit that somebody committed suicide. We're always trying to prevent. So, if you see somebody about to commit suicide, you want to stop them. Yeah. You know, you don't. You don't just say, "Oh, well, well I'll watch." Hey, and say, hey, that's his business. Right. Yeah. There's why there's grief counseling and support groups for survivors of suicide. You know, like if somebody in your family commits suicide, right, there's all right. this grief support stuff. We're always depressed when we hear about a suicide. Um, and it's it seems like a selfish act. So we have all these all these intuitions and feelings about it that, but it's hard, it's still hard to articulate exactly why it's wrong and should it be wrong in all cases. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the one of the things we wanted to get at is what you know what about the difficult situations where somebody is just going to be living a, a miserable, painful existence for years and. You know, yeah, they're only right. They're only yeah. They, they don't have that. They haven't got that six month diagnosis. Yeah, that they're just well, that they're just done. They're just how about that? How about that young Canadian man? Yeah, let's let's talk. I came across this this story just oh, actually, just in, just very very badly off and this had poor, no serious prospects looking this forward. This poor kid, uh, you know, he was twenty, mm-hmm. uh, had spent. Years and years and years of declining health before he's even twenty. Right. Yeah. So, so at, at the age of twenty, he hears that he would need six organ transplants to live and a fifty percent chance of survival. Right. 
Um, and he basically just lives in a hospital bed, mm-hmm. four walls, and either recovering from surgery or anticipating a surgery, in pain, on drugs, and finally at the age of 20 says, uh, uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I've had an, I've had enough. And uh, now this was I don't I don't know if it's happened yet, but the Canadian law allows Canadians over the age of eighteen to it says they must have a serious and incurable illness, disease, or disability. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going. Can you? This all day, every day is. Yeah, it's very easy. Pain to... your, it's just one. Is your organs failing? It would be very easy to tell that guy, no, you can't do this. I mean, it, that would be a very hard message. But there's, of course, a Star Trek tie-in on this oh, one. There's, there's one of the worst Star Trek movies. There's this Spock's brother goes around. Which one? I think it's number five, I think. Um, Spock's brother goes around, and he has this ability to, like, uh, emote with people. He He... He uh, understands their pain, and he uses helps them get over their pain. Well, Dr. McCoy's pain was that he gave his father a pill to help him die because he had what was thought to be an incurable sickness, and he, he helped him die. Right. And a week later, they came up with a cure for the thing that he, uh, that he killed his father for. Okay. So, you know, that's the sort of thing where yeah. you say, one, one of the, and this is, a, this is an absolutely horrible thing to say, but one of the the benefits of people who are in these awful situations is think how much medical technology is driven by figuring out ways to to save people in these awful situations. Right, and so even if even if he didn't meet the fifty percent threshold, yeah, uh, what they learned might help the next guy. Exactly. Right. So just it's a hard take, argument. But it is uh, a hard. It's a very hard. It's a very hard argument, and I would hate to try to make that argument yeah, to this yeah. guy. But if you're in that situation, you have to think, you know, maybe my, maybe my suffering is going to help some other kid 10 years down the line. I didn't know he had six organs that could be replaced. How could you do that? Yeah. (laughs) What would be the order that you go in, right? The whole thing, it seems nuts. It does. uh, but yeah, damn it, I'm sick of it. I I know. I I, I, I sympathize. I I totally sympathize with the guy. It's very, very, very hard to imagine being in that situation and not wanting to say, look, I'm just done. I'm sick of this. I, I can't do it anymore. All right. All right. Let me give you a harder case. Okay. Uh, as, as I mentioned before, all of the states have this six-month uh, prognosis yeah. that is required, doctors signing on, doctors, multiple visits, etc. However, you can go to Switzerland and the Pega. Pegasus Swiss Association does not require patients to be terminally ill or suffering from life-limiting illnesses. You can just say, I'm, I'm just done, I'm tired. Apparently. Yeah. So, these two sisters from, uh, from, Texas, uh, from, from Arizona, the, so Lila and uh, Susan, mm-hmm. 49 and 54, in October of 2020, they contact Exit International. Uh, One of Switzerland's largest assisted suicide advocates. I mean, how many suicide? How many do you have over there? Uh, yeah, it's a tiny right. little country. Yeah. So they talk to him. So this is October. And uh, the sisters are like, you know what? We're ready to go. Which is just first off, 
Isn't that weird? Two healthy, yeah. two people without illnesses decide together. Yeah. Hey, that, what do you think? Yeah, what, what, what is I mean, that? It, what, is it mental illness? What, what's going on? Shared mental illness that other people didn't know about. So they leave behind one brother who I'll, I'll get to later in the story. So then, so that, what did I say? That was, that was October 2020. March, the sisters joined the association. Uh, August, they travel to Switzerland. But the trip is called off due to the pandemic. So now we're into February 2022. The sisters leave Phoenix. And they're still committed to this all this time. So, right. I mean, right. So it's not a quick decision. Here we are two years later. The trip, and at this point, you know, they're going to work. One of them works for uh, Aetna Health. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where the other one works, but, you know, they've got jobs. Uh, Sisters leave from Phoenix. They call her brother. Now they have not talked to this this brother. Or that, no, no, that's seen the brother in thirty years. I think he lives in New York. But they do talk to him. Uh, a colleague receives a misspelled text from one of the sisters, worrying them. Da, da, da. The sisters in February of twenty twenty two. The sisters go to the clinic and end their lives together. So the fifteenth, one one of the women fails to show up for work, and they put out a missing uh, persons report. And the Swiss authorities and U.S. consulate confirms that they died within the legal framework of the country. Wow. And, uh... Yeah, that's, that's just weird. It's just the strangest it's, story. It's very weird. And, oh, and you wonder if people could get... If people could get so into some... Like, what's that song, Don't Fear the Reaper? <laughs> right. You know, if somebody could just get so into, like, a fascination with death that they would, they would think, gosh, I just want to die, you know, and this just get not- obsessed with it. I don't know. Yeah, right. I'm. I'd like to know more because I I imagine they must have had. They must have lived together, right? So they're feeding off of each other's negativity without a lot of outside stimulus. Yeah. Right. They go to work, and then just then they just come home and say, "Gosh, life sucks. We should just be be miserable together." Yeah, I guess. I don't know, but it it is awful. It's just yeah, it is awful. One of the things that I don't like about. A lot of the suicide things is the role of doctors in, in suicide. I don't think doctors should be involved in killing people. It just doesn't doesn't seem uh, right. Yeah, isn't there something in the uh, <laughs> Hippocratic Oath? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Hippocratic Oath is very weird. If you haven't read it, read it because it, I it kinda, starts yeah, off. I thought it was I, I thought it was a couple sentences. No, it was, it's fairly long, and it yeah. starts off with "I swear by Apollo the physician." <laughs> yeah, so it's, <laughs> so it's, a, it's it's very old, of course, and it's kind of weird. But it also says, um, I will not give a lethal drug to anyone if I'm asked, nor will I advise such a plan. And similarly, I'm not giving a woman a pessary to cause an abortion. So the, the Hippocratic Oath says you won't help somebody die and you won't kill a baby. Hey, but pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of doctors do both those things. Yes. So, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a strange... Yeah, it's, but I mean, you up. could stress... Cause I thought I thought the line was "shall do no harm." Was that yeah. in there somewhere? I, I didn't see it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the isn't that what a lot of doctors say? First, do no harm. That's right, kind of like a big part and, of the profession. But, but with that, I feel like there's some wiggle room where you're going prolonging this person's life. Yeah, is really her, harming them more than just allowing them to. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between allowing someone to die and causing them to die. Yes. So what? A, and. But allowing some, I mean, you can't force drugs on anybody. Right. Right. So you, they're, they're like, okay, 
Without uh, chemotherapy, you'll live three months, and with chemotherapy, you'll be sick as a dog for six months. Yeah. And they just refuse the treatment. I mean, would you even call that euthanasia? And where does this, where does the, does that sort of euthanasia fall within your um, health, your life insurance benefits? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. What does is I mean, this, 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 you're like, all right, you're gonna have to pay it out anyway. This, there's <laughs> all these, there's all these weird things that come into play, like how much money you're spending to keep this person alive. Mm-hmm. And there are awful situations where some, you know, the patriarch of the family is you're not even sure if he's conscious you know he's just laying in bed he doesn't talk he doesn't respond he's done he's a, just, let's just say he's done a pretty good job of leaving a, a little nest egg yeah for the family he worked all his life that's to now save up. Being, now being frittered away keeping him alive is he alive keeping him alive in a hospital bed ten thousand dollars a day or whatever it is to keep him alive and all the money is just being pissed into this hole right and and then now you force the family in the position of of making this decision for financial reasons right which at least if which you, is horrible which is horrible yeah it's absolutely i'm not sure what the solution is but it's a it's a horrible problem oh yeah it would be terrible to be you know you're the you're the soon-to-be widow and you're thinking okay if he stays alive another 10 days i'm gonna have nothing right right the longer it lives, the more likely we're going to be destitute. Which, right. And, 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 which, so you're probably fighting those thoughts off in your of mind, but you, you know, of course. life is for the living, you know? Yeah. 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 So there are, there are obviously very difficult, hard cases when it comes to suicide and euthanasia. And I'm glad I don't have to make, I, I mean, I've had to make some decisions somewhat along those lines, but, um, it's tough. Yeah. When you have to, when you have to decide, Life and death. Do you remember the Michelle Carter story? This was not long ago in Massachusetts, where they don't, where her boyfriend wanted to kill himself. Oh, yeah, right. And they don't know exactly what was going on in the phone calls, but the, but they do know the texts. <laughs> you get right. those, and uh, yeah, she was just like, "Just do it, babe." Like he'd already, he'd already gotten out of the car that he had rigged to fill with. Uh, with monoxide gas, which is not a bad, which is not a bad choice, by the way, yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, yeah, and then kind of coaxed him back into the car. Wow. Um, and then she was convicted and had to serve she, some jail she, time, right? Yeah, but not a lot. She's out already. She served 15 months. Okay. And she, and she only she only got 18 months and got out of 15. Um, well, I think there ought to be some penalty when you're encouraging somebody to commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't right. know what it should be, but there should be some penalty. You can't yes. just get away with doing that. Yeah. And what about, in terms of forcing things on people, like forcing chemo on something, what about forcing food on somebody? Yeah. What? A, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're like, the person can, you know, throat cancer, can no longer swallow, and they're done. And then you jab a hole in their side and yeah, pump start. food into their... Well, what about this, what about this thing? The, so, uh, the compassion and choices is a... Is a uh, grief uh, organization mm-hmm. and most of their stuff has to do with overcoming grief and grief counseling and stuff like that but they also but they support VSED which is uh, voluntary stopping eating and drinking mm-hmm. 
and they have like this kind of a guide. Like if you are the next of kin, you know, you're the loved one, and you've agreed to help the person die just by them denying themselves food and drink, which sounds really tough. It does sound tough. Yeah, I, I, it's. And but it's, you know they t- they tell you all about you know this th- this is what you're going to expect in in the in this time frame. But if you're already seriously ill, you know, maybe, you know, I'm sure it goes along. I'm sure it's faster than, like, I mean, what is somebody who's doing a, you decide not to drink, you're going to die pretty soon. Because you need, you can't survive four days without water. Is it four? Yeah. Nothing? Yeah. So you're not drinking anything for four days and you're already, so, gosh. A lot of weird discipline, I think, just yeah. to go, oh, I can't take it anymore. Right. Right? Well, yeah. Thirst is a very compelling feeling. Yeah. I'm very, right. I mean, people, people eventually will drink the salt water that they're yeah. floating in, yes. knowing full knowing well this is not them. going to work. Right. Knowing it'll kill them, but they'll do it anyway because they just can't overcome the thirst. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't even... I don't know how I don't know how successful it is. It says the dehydration from visa affects the kidneys and the heart and the other organs in the systems in the body as they begin to shut down. Yeah. So so that that is suicide. You're you know you're okay. intentionally withholding these things from yourself that to maintain your life. Uh, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I know. it's they're they're such hard cases. I want people to to live and enjoy their lives. But if somebody is suffering, if somebody's in some painful, horrible situation, I would hate to be the guy to have to go in and tell them, sorry, you have to keep doing this. You know, it's your, it's your obligation. You yeah. To, you know? Yeah. Uh, particularly somebody who, or, or, or what, somebody in Alzheimer's or, or dementia. Right, exactly. Who, what do you do in those cases? Least, you're yes. not even sure if you're talking to somebody who understands what you're saying. Yes, so they're not, now not in a position to make the right. proper choice. Would you or do you have uh, anything in a will that says, you know, do not resuscitate? Yeah, or, we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what exactly the language is, but okay. yeah, we have things in the in the will about yeah. what to do in this situation and that make, situation. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, that that's a good idea. Just to, just to take the burden off of somebody else, right? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be your kids or something, and yeah, yeah, we face that kind of stuff with my dad, and it's it's no fun yeah. to have to go through those kind mm. of decisions. Yeah. So this is a pretty depressing topic. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I, I don't even know what yeah. made me want to do that. Yeah, I just came. It just I, I, there, there there were just like uh, those articles that I mentioned all seemed to come in, in a in a row. Yeah, and I'm like, well, let's just talk about it. Get over with. Yeah, yeah. So it's awful. I, we don't have a solution. We don't have an answer. Just generally speaking, I'm I'm against suicide and euthanasia. In generally speaking, but I can't. I can't articulate why it's absolutely wrong in every case. I can't I do know, that. I know, yeah. I know. But I don't really want to be on Team Suicide. Right, exactly. Right? Exactly. I don't want to I don't want to be that guy going out trying to justify suicide or saying suicide is okay. No, I don't I'm not. Yeah, I remember, I remember old Dr. Kevorkian. He was yeah. a big deal. What was this? this was, was it as far back as the nineties or early two thousands? It was the 90s, pretty a while right? ago. It was a while ago, yeah. So yeah, I think then then there were no states had it and he was Doctor Death and uh yeah. You, you, you want to be that guy? Is no, that your, your I don't legacy want to be that, no. is. I don't want to be that although guy. you know, for lots of people, it was 
Yeah. They needed somebody to be that guy who... So they say. Yeah. But it is a permanent solution to a sometimes temporary problem. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Right. All right. So we need something cheery. You want something cheery? How about this? Yeah. Boom. Now, so, I uh, have, uh, the last couple of times that I was uh, in the gym recently, the Little League World Series is on. It's just just a delightful it is. sight. You know, kids from all over, just so excited, just traveling from all over the world, yeah. all in one place. Uh, and we see such, we see so many acts of bad sportsmanship, right? but frequently when it, when it comes to little league, mm-hmm. it's the parents. I know. Yeah. So right? Bois so, Nerd passed along this one and, and the, so let's set the scene. Let's you, set you've, the got, scene. you've got a bunch of kids playing. So it's, uh, uh it's Oklahoma versus Texas. Versus Texas. East. Okay. And f- so first of all, we've talked about the benefit of sports in the past mm-hmm. and there's just something wonderful about sports yeah you know you're you're competing but you're also cooperating right you know you're you're following some rules you're you're learning skills you're exercising you're doing something healthy you're out there you're you're trying to get get better at something you know there's Uh so many things about sports there's self-discipline teamwork team yeah yeah. mastery of yourself overcoming obstacles sacrificing yourself for the other guy exactly there's so so many things just about sports in general that are that are wonderful but in this particular case here's this kid is up at bat and the pitcher uh so the the, it's the uh the texas east uh pitcher and uh mr uh, young isaiah jarvis Jarvis, is at the plate and and the pitcher throws it and hits him in the head hits him in the head and and drops him yeah because the way i saw it the, he hit him like under the helmet. Like uh-huh. they, they wear a batting helmet, uh-huh. right? But he, he turned, he kind of turned to avoid it and it looked mm-hmm. like it hit him, you know, not in the helmet, you know, like, okay. and it, it dropped him. He went to the ground. Right. And, and you could see that the pitcher was visibly shaken was looking to seeing the, the, the kid on the ground. And so when Jarvis, the kid who was hit, got up, he, this <laughs> is just backwards, right? So he gets the first. And he sees how upset the pitcher is. Right. And goes over to comfort him. That's <laughs> like I mean, so lovely. First of all, cry. first of all, he's a tough kid for, for, you know, getting over this. He's dropped to the ground right. and he gets up and plays. Anyway. And usually if a, if a guy who's struck goes to the mound, he's going there swinging. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You charge yeah. the mound. No, he goes over there, comforts the guy. <laughs> the rest of the team comes around, comes around to say, <laughs> right. you know, look, you know, it was an accident. We know it was an accident. Right. You, uh, that kind of stuff just brings a tear to my eye. It's, it's just lovely. Oh, fantastic. absolutely lovely. Yeah. Great, a great pick me up after that terrible topic. I know. So, yeah, uh, there we go. We have two men's of the two, week. Two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Caden Shelton of uh, East Texas and Isaiah Jarvis of Oklahoma. Yeah, you are our co-men right. of the week. Yes. If you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.